0: Welcome back everybody we are back at the that's criminal podcast with john stamp i know i've been gone uh, a few weeks but i had to uh kind of rebuild and um and get some more guests lined up and this is a one man show so i do them in about you know 10 episode stints and uh just come back with some fun for you guys uh you know after after a month or so so um to get let's get into it right um since uh since i've been gone uh blood red ivory two overmatch is is kind of hanging out in limbo waiting to see what happens with that. Uh, so no giant new news on the, uh, writing front. I do have a new project going, uh, the project I mentioned last, uh, at the end of the summer with the, uh, with the boys that went real smooth right up until school started. And then, you know, you've got flag football, you've got swim team, you've got homework. That's going to probably be put on the back burner until summer next time. Uh, but they were into it. It was fun. It was fun. I'd bring home dailies. They'd read them, give me feedback. and, And it was a, it was a good time, but, um, I guess uh, that the, my new project—I'm going to get into it a little more. I got some plot points to work out, and then I'll then I'll share it with you guys a little later on. But for now, uh, big in the news lately for me, anyway, the writer strikes over. Not that I'm part of the WGA anything, but as I noticed, you know, everybody's all happy that the writer strike is done and everybody gets to get back to work. And I couldn't help but think—and I'm sure you guys probably all think this too—but what do you think the chances is? that the writers happen to get like a reboot limitation clause in their new deal, or maybe like a creativity quota in their new deal. So they can actually write new and interesting movies and TV and stuff like that. Um, So they have to come up with some new ideas. Uh, I'm hoping that's uh, an outside shot. I'm pretty sure they don't have a whole lot of say in what they get to write in that crazy town, but um, it would be kind of sweet to see something other than blue beetle part seven in the next like two years. Right. Cause I gotta tell you, after blue beetle uh they tried they had a good cast they uh that they didn't do much it was uh and i have to see i had to see that movie i got a 10 year old and six year old me and superhero movies are kind of joined at the hip right now but i'm tired of superheroes so if anybody in hollywood was listening um i've got some ideas for you i have several books that i would like to suggest um one of which uh would also be uh the lance bear wolf series and it just so happens that, as part of supporting the Lance Bear Wolf series, and hopefully Hollywood taken notice, I'm happy to talk to the author of that series today, uh, Steve Stratton. Uh, Steve has been on before. You guys probably remember him. He uh, has a long and varied career. Uh, he started his military career at the White House Communications Agency, which I didn't know existed until he told me about it. He uh, worked for Presidents Ford and Carter, including Vice Presidents Rockefeller and Mondale, and the famous Secretary of State Henry Kissinger. His work took him around the world, introducing him to new cultures, ways of thinking, and various agencies tasked with projecting and protecting American interests abroad, which is a big job. He jumped to the Secret Service uh, after several years. In an election campaign, he then left the commercial sector. Uh, In addition to all of that, he was also awarded as Green Beret in 1986. And from the 80s to 2000, he deployed with the 20th Special Forces on counter-drug and training missions in SOUTHCOM, his civilian contractor time, since then includes support to CENTCOM, SOCOM, and several different intelligence agencies. Today he's retired, uh, well-deserved after all that, and uh, he writes, and when he's not writing, he's mountain biking, trout fishing, or hunting in Colorado, which I think is the dream for most of us. Steve, thank you for coming back.
1: Thanks for having me, brother.
0: It's great to Abs- be here. Absolutely, man. Um, yeah, I uh, Steve was nice enough to send me uh, the new uh, Lance Bear Wolf uh, Shadow Sanction follow up to Shadow tier, and um, it is great. It's uh, the tagline is taking. Oh, sorry, I had it. My memory is not as good. Bringing war back to the war on drugs, which is fun for me because that's kind of what I did in the early part of my career was uh, work that that uh, so called drug war. Um, before we get started, though. With your secret service background, and you can tell me if you're unable to answer this or not, but I think there are a lot of people out there who are still wondering how the secret service couldn't tie a bag of coke to an individual in the White House.
1: Any thoughts on that? I'm not sure if you can answer that <laughs> yeah then the uh <laughs> when i when I was there, I actually managed or, or worked and, and helped manage the external security at the white house so alarms videos cameras back in the day we were just getting some of the early motion detecting cameras right we had some of the cool technology that was infrared and ultrasonic and all kinds of good stuff we had the latest and greatest now you know i don't remember a camera inside (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's funny.
0: Yeah, I can see that people wouldn't want cameras inside. Yeah,
1: <laughs> uh, Not so much. No.
0: <laughs> I can think of as a, you know, former detective and uh, forensics guy, I can think of several ways of trying to take bio data off of a baggie that would be pretty identifiable because I don't know many coke heads who wear gloves when they're when they're snorting <laughs> coke. Um, not sure if the Secret Service crime scene guys thought of that or not or Whatever the conspiracy may be, but I thought with your background in Secret Service, I'd <laughs> I'd just throw that out there and see if you had any uh, any insight to
1: get us started. <laughs> oh God, I I love it. I mean, it's uh, yeah, it's <laughs> it it was like, come on, guys, you're kill, killing me here. I mean, it's like just just what you said. I mean, it, c- compared to you know, in the late seventies when I was there, right, forensics is just you know, you they could have sampled the air and probably probably figured out what cologne the, or right. <laughs> perfume the person was wearing. Come on, you know, and it uh, it uh, it takes number one, it takes a lot of stones, right, to bring it in the facility. Number two, to to leave it behind, and um so it. I have no explanation other than it just <laughs> makes me chuckle because uh, it's like wow. Yeah,
0: it would almost be like the suspect might have felt that they were untouchable, and and just knew that they could get away with it. I don't, not that I'm
1: pointing fingers <laughs> at anybody in particular. And I hear but... that I hear that <laughs> that certain substance can make you feel that way. So yeah,
0: so I've been told. I've, I've never <laughs> had the chance to sample myself. <laughs> I've seen people who really seem to enjoy themselves while they're on it. Yeah,
1: they, uh, exactly. They, they had a great exactly. time.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, that's uh that's funny. And it, and it's fun. I mean, at in in our work, you know, it's always fun to to when other agencies have moments, yeah, you know, it's always fun to to pile on. It's all in it's all in good fun, but but uh yeah, it's uh especially when you're in training, it's it's always fun to throw jabs at at uh at different agencies and just talk trash and it can usually devolve a class just straight into trash talk for about an hour and a half straight, which <laughs> Which I enjoy. <laughs> I'm not sure. I mean, I got it.
1: it. I got it from my dad. He uh, he was a deputy sheriff, and I mean, this is going way back. So Tate, Lu- Tate Lubianka, something like that. Oh. The the tape, right? The the, the murders the way Mansons. back. In the, exactly. Back in yeah. the '60s, and my dad's like the sheriff department messed that up. I'm telling <laughs> you, blah 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 blah. You know, I'm like, I forget. I was like 13 or 14, going, Oh, yeah, sure, Dad. Okay, what? <laughs> oh, well, I have no clue.
0: <laughs> yeah, I could I could tell that. Yeah, clearly.
1: Right. It's, Thanks, Dad.
0: It's funny. I I don't remember who I was talking to the other day, but it was uh, somebody who saw the article that uh, D is going down for Tupac's murder. And they're like, how does it take them 27 years to figure this dude out? And uh, and, you know, you, you actually go past the headlines, and read the article. It's like, well, he wrote a book and talked about it. And then he got on <laughs> social media and talked about it. And and I've never seen this before. That there's actually I found an article on him that was like other dudes that were that were rolling with him were just like, yeah, he's just stupid. He just talked himself into a murder charge. Like, well,
1: you well, know, every and you know, he leads a good one drug like you, right? They yeah. call it dope for a reason. <laughs> and, That's right. Uh, and uh, I even in in I got a work in progress where you know the fact that that bad guys is a narcissist and not sort of an egomaniac is helpful, you know, uh, you know, it's, it's detrimental. <laughs> we got to stop them, but it's also helpful to the people trying to stop them. And so I, I love the fact that uh, yeah, ego and uh, let's get some points, right. Cause he's probably in the mode of even thinking that that present time will give him some cred. So right? Yeah. You know, if he doesn't already have it, I don't know. I don't know for sure. But, yeah.
0: yeah. I, uh, I didn't do a whole giant character dive in the, in the Keith D. <laughs> But um I the only thing I'm thinking, I'm like, maybe in his 60s, he's like thinking he's losing a little street cred. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he's, it's not working out for him as much at the clubs anymore. So maybe he's like, hey, man, if I drop that, I drop Tupac. I'm in. I'm like, they're going to love me. <laughs> it's just, it's just like, like when you go to jail, bud, you're in trouble. That's, that's, <laughs> I don't think that's the kind of street cred you want.
1: I don't think there's a recording studio. Yeah, at least the, what was, I can't
0: remember if he was West Side or East Side. I think he was East Side. Biggie was no he was west side big i don't know they were both from the east coast i don't know what their problem was um but uh <laughs> whoever whatever whatever side that he runs into they're not going to be happy with him even that even today even today tupac i miss tupac i loved his music
1: <laughs> yeah yeah
0: but um go well yeah <laughs> so um yeah and uh you know following up shadow Tier, um you know the the way uh the way you kicked off Shadow Tier, um, and I don't want to give anything away, but uh, but just uh, that run-in they had in the jungle where Lance just shows the, the warrior he is, you know, just goes straight kicking off the boots, going barefoot, you know, taking out taking out wild freaking animals. It was just you blew it up with that with that opening in, in Shadow Tier. And then in um in uh in Shadow Sanction. I'm like, yeah, this is this is kind of nice and peaceful. You know, him and Parker just kind of chilling. And I was like, wait. And I actually missed the line. I was like, oh, they're just having a nice drive. They're, they're you know, going out to the to the reservation again. And then they're both running for cover. And I'm like, did I skip a line or something like this? I'm like, how did we go from a nice sunny day to holy crap? And it was it's fast. I, the way you pile on that action without giving anybody a chance to like figure out that it's coming it's it was it was a great way to kick open the book so i uh oh, thank i thank you that's
1: it. I, that's what my mentors told me right you got to you got to you got to catch people's interest uh, quickly is <laughs> all that lovely you know melodious roll in is is people be thriller thriller readers would be like what's going on here you know i'm bored already right <laughs> yeah like, we're well, right, attention got, uh... spans of like a gnat right now <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. You got, uh, you got what, 10 pages of it before they put it down. Oh,
1: if that, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's, it's
0: rough to set that hook sometimes, but, um, but yeah, so, um, in, in tier, it kind of seemed like, you know, he's, he proved himself, he proved his concept. And then in sanction, they, they get the green light. So how did the, uh, how did you come down with the plot and what was your plan for the book?
1: Yeah, the, um, uh, you know, I, Shadow Tear takes place in 98, and uh, one of the hardest parts of writing that book was remembering the tech we had and what we didn't have back then, you know, slightly better than a pen register, right, on the <laughs> no, on the landline, man. right? <laughs> I see you smiling. Yeah, it
0: hurts. Yeah, just remembering going through line after line after line of those, it's like,
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, anyway, so I jumped it up, a whole, you know, six years to 2003, because I thought, Here's an interesting time right the 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 cartels are, 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 are becoming transnational you know and and Sinaloa led the way with that transnational kind of uh advancement just all over the world uh mostly into europe right right away right but uh the uh we had Afghanistan and kicked off in two thousand one you know we went in and and did what we needed to do and Per the research and other things like that, right? We, we find out, and, and uh, there are a lot of great books on the subject, um, that the the Taliban's making like $400 million a year off their opium, right? Yeah. And uh, right away for the first several years, and and uh, there's some great stories I have now from people I've met. I, I've actually got a neighbor who was the, the Navy intelligence officer, the N-2 uh, in the region, Uh, like, uh, you know, when, um, uh, a Marine Corps division rolled up and stopped and she's like, wait, 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 you can't stop there. And she's telling this general by the name of Mattis, you can't stop there. And she's, she's a commander, a Navy commander. And now you got a one there. I forget if he was a one or a two star, you can't stop there. And they're like, what do you mean? We can't stop there. She's like, no, that's a drug cross route, man. Those people are crazy. You're going to get lit up. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> move, move 10, 15 clicks down the road. Uh, so stories like that, and and uh, like we mentioned, talked before, uh, right? The military was there for counterterrorism, right? And to get after the terrorist threat. Guys are patrolling right through the opium and stuff like that. You know, who's going to take care of it? So I thought that would be a great plot line that, you know, uh, tie, tie in the fact that in real life, you know, the cartels are trying to make use of reservation lands because they're very lightly patrolled and other things like that, whether it's to set up portable labs. I call them portable. It's an 18-wheeler with a bunch of he just you know, hems in the back, hem in the back and stuff like that. And so put Lance, have Lance have this issue between protecting his, quote, way of life, the reservation, his people, and then the demand of the president, who says you've got to stop this opium, yeah. right? You've got to you've got to knock this down. It's like, right? It's like the <laughs> the drug game. It's a bit of whack a mole. So now we've got politicians pushing the button, and it's like, get to work on that. And so uh, by 2003, there's a couple squadrons. So he sends a squadron into Kandahar to work that, and then. Realizes well, that's just the sort of the early part of the process. That's the grow and the early, you know, into morphine paste kind of part of the process, and then that's getting transferred up through, uh, you know, through Turkey and into Central Europe and things like that. And I don't remember where it came from, but uh, uh, and and it could have been something on one of my social media feeds or something like that. But all of a sudden. Um. The uh, Popeye Doyle and and uh, right Marseille and the French Connection popped oh, up, yeah. and I'm like, <laughs> "Wow, what if the Mafia Union Corsa was rebuilt by a grandson or something like that? Who's like trying to get into the drug trade and stuff like that?" So, and I'm thinking, "Oh, now shoot! Now I've got the I've got the book in three continents, <laughs> you know." And it's like, "Oh, here we go!" Right. Steve doesn't know how to tell a simple story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it just uh, kept growing
0: your lines. Right, of right. Lot. It's just like, whoop. dang,
1: I need another squadron. Okay, I loved Rainbow Six. By the way, I listened to it on audio. It's thirty-five hours of audio. That's how yeah, thick. He, Clancy, Clancy, just. I, I I don't know if he got paid per page, but <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> we know he did well. But man, yeah, he,
0: he never did anything small. <laughs> like, no, was, uh, I am over his.
1: His first book might have been his smallest book, right? Yeah. yeah. And it,
0: uh, I think it was, uh, I got the, he did a submarine book at one point and it was not Hunt for Red October, more like a technical thing like SSN right. 68. And that was like, I was like, man, that's so small. That's got to be
1: a quick read. And it was like,
0: no, that's technical manual. That's that's, <laughs> that's,
1: that's a monster. <laughs> yeah, by that time, he'd done all that split off. And now you got Netforce with Jerome Priestley and mm-hmm. all the other people. Even Mark Greeney was writing some of the books right there for a while. Mark Cameron, I think, too. So anyway, so yeah, heavy influence on me. Um, you know, and so. I thought, wow, OK. Now I need a squadron in England to, to yeah, because actually one of the research things I found out was that Britain, uh, the, I think it was Tony Blair at the time, actually asked, sort of pushed for the UK to become that that uh, counter-narcotic uh, center that they have there mm-hmm. in the UK, right? That was the early And it fit right into the timeline. I'm like, wow, I I love research when it falls in. Yeah, when it all works right? together. It's like, I'm getting lucky here. <laughs> <laughs> and uh so then um it's like um i would i would just sitting here outside of denver looking up at the mountains one day when it came to me is like what what would it be like if shadow Tear became a cartel to fight the cartels to get yeah. deep deep into the business and so that's sort of how you know it's Daydreaming, looking at the mountains, because I'm here, not not hunting or fishing, and uh, uh you know that's how that that book came together. And you're right, I'm very lucky. My wife has sixteen hundred cookbooks, so we've got walls of cookbooks, and I can sticky notes, plot lines. I don't use the yarn between them, you know, and it, it doesn't look like that Mel Gibson movie where he was the wacko, right? I oh yeah, the
0: conspiracy theory. That's a conspiracy good theory. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's close. It's close. But uh, yeah, because I I mean, I'm an old, you know, I'm old enough to know those kind of things. And also whiteboards, thank goodness. And technology now does that for us. But yeah, we uh, that was an interesting way to to try and keep those stories straight is put the pieces together and their individual lines and then say, okay, how do these map together and and make a cohesive story? Because keeping it in my brain when my brain is always jumping forward to the next idea can be hard.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That is a, that is one of those things is like, yeah, you, you know, you're, you're getting through working on plot one, two, three, and then you're like, what would happen if this happened? And you're like, I don't have room for that in this book. And you're like, give me a minute to jot some notes. That one's put on the side. But yeah, it's uh, that's what as I'm reading, I'm like, okay, I can see this stretching. So I'm like, that's what I had in my head was like just a wall of (laughs) I haven't gotten clearance yet at my house to put up the giant whiteboard that I need. But uh, it's it's coming sooner or later.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I've got a I've got a four by three whiteboard over here in the corner in case I really need to whack some notes up. But uh, yeah, yeah, uh, the uh, I promise the next story will be more contained and simpler to follow. (laughs)
0: Well, the thing is, I mean, you make that callback. I mean, you you just what's what's Wolf say? He just says we're going Clancy style, and it's like, and as soon as I read that, I'm like, yes, like like (laughs) yeah. It's, I mean, I don't I don't know if you can if you can beat Ding and Clark, but that's that's uh, it was good. It's it's just like, yep, this is fun. This is going to be really fun because you have so much uh, to play with. I mean, and I'm I'm speculating here, but you know, in your time, you travel, you get to know other units, you get to do international cooperation so the the trash talk the the esprit de corps and the and the comp competitiveness between units you put them in together in an international stage you have so much to play with as far as development of characters and grudges and
1: side stories and that's exactly where that that rainbow 6 that that charlie squadron in mildenhall right came into being and then like I say they uh they 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 had actually more SWAT police you know um, kind types of members than straight up military which gave them an advantage to do what they were planning on you know what they did in the book right and yeah uh, yeah I love that and I I mean you could see you could probably draw out some of those characters you know there's a there's a Laura Croft character in there right yep. and uh, <laughs> a different kind of kind of people in there and um uh, that's one of the great things in my experience like you say is meeting different people, seeing their capabilities and um then taking and doing some amalgamation and or anonymizing a certain person uh that kind of thing. Uh yeah. but uh yeah, it, it, I have a rich landscape and uh, occasionally I work at the local range uh as a range uh, safety officer. And uh, there's some very interesting characters to come into a Colorado gun range. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah, it's. Uh, I was um, not this. This sounds so bad. I shouldn't say it, but I. It's, you know the the. There's times where I walk around places and I see the people who are weirdly really deep into like open carry, and you know like you know look look at me. I got a gun on my hip. I go you know members at every range within a hundred mile radius and and uh, at the gun club every day, but they've never gone for a jog or done a push-up in their life it's like <laughs> it's like guy you might be able to shoot but how long are you gonna last like 30 seconds before your gas it's like come on man it's a, yeah it's that's, a balance. That's, there's a balance there
1: you gotta that's where gotta i, I really like that i really like that uh saying tac- they're tactical and, tactical uh, yeah tactical Timmy's, <laughs> yep and tactical fool too so yeah it's yeah. fooling them not that they're a fool but they're fooling themselves if because you you can buy all that as you know you could buy all the neat gear in the world, and then some. Some Texas Ranger comes up with a Ruger forty-four Magnum six shooter and <laughs> puts puts people, buildings, planes down. What you know, <laughs> exactly. whatever you know, yep. you know, Texas yeah. Walker <laughs> stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, right. One riot, one Ranger. That's that's a uh, that's, that's it. that sounds cool, but it's scary when it happens. <laughs> um, the, uh, yeah, I get made fun of, I get made fun of at the range. Cause, um, you know, we go shoot every quarter and I, you know, the, the RMRs and all the the laser sights and all that stuff that they have, it's like, I just shoot iron sights. I'm just, uh, you know, and, and I could get, I could just tell my agency, like, Hey, I want an RMR. I want to, want an arm and I could get it, but you know, batteries die stuff. Like, I'm just like, Hey man, if I can pop something at, at, you know, at the 25 with iron sights, I'm you know, I'm good. They're not going to, the battery's never going to die in my Trijicon. That's just not going to happen. I mean, I could, I guess I could outlast the half-life, but that's going to be longer than I'm going to be around. So it's just, I like, I like to keep it simple. Uh, even on my, uh my hunting rifle, I just, I got iron sights on it. If I need to, I'll put a little scope on it, but I like, I like low tech. I like, I like to keep well, it
1: low. I, I'm I'm with you. I've gone a little more high tech. I've got a 365 XL over here to my right. And I put a, a Holoson on it. Um but the it's um the iron sights are still there and they're co witness and I I sh- everything I buy I shoot iron sights first and now as you see I'm wearing glasses and I'm riding it's going downhill <laughs> yeah. I I don't mind a, a a a red dot turned down or green even sometimes but um yeah it's it's uh it's funny I think I I think I mentioned that in Shadow Tier too it's like you know compass map iron sights <laughs> <Yeah>. you know. <laughs> you know, no digital this, that, you know, GPS.
0: I mean, all those things are cool, but, but uh, yeah, I just, um, I, I guess, uh, yeah, I just, I go to the range of shoot and it's it's uh, but man, that's, there's some, there's some fun gear to load up an AR with at this point. It's uh and if I had the budget, I'd probably throw some stuff on there, but you know, if I can, if I can hit what I'm aiming at with the old stuff, I'll just
1: keep going. Oh, exactly. Someday yeah, when yeah, I have, got...
0: when I have a budget for fun.
1: <laughs> right. I've got, I've got both sort of both styles. I've got an, an old car looking kind of iron sights, carry handle. Not exactly an A two, but um yeah. and then some other guns with some fun stuff because I like one of the, the ways I relax is not only cleaning the weapon, but just playing around with some tech and like the mm-hmm. difference of putting an RMR or an S R O on a on a SIG three three twenty versus, you know, um getting the milling done on a browning different things like that it just oh yeah I, I, it's, a, I could, it's a nice way to relax yeah
0: i could easily fall down the rabbit hole on that but um but yeah <laughs> it is uh it is oddly cathartic like every time i leave the ranch my my guns but all my guns got to be spotless i just uh it's it's just uh the the catharsis after after shooting like that's just how i chill i, I love it it's you
1: know, oh that's, that's awesome awesome
0: yeah yep but the end, it uh, and I remember getting yelled at at roll call for uh, for dust. So I, I, everything's clean now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, getting back to the book, we were talking a little bit earlier. I mean, this goes from uh, Afghanistan to Tampa to Montana to uh, UK to Germany to uh, Upstate New York to the city. It was like, whoo, going a little bit everywhere." And, and Marseille too, right? Marseilles. Oh yeah, I forgot. Marseilles. We're going to France too. <laughs> 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 um, but, um, but, yeah, and it's it's you know, it's just fun watching uh watching an interdiction or, or counter drug operation just go global, you know to to just here's our source, and as we we're talking about, you know, it's I remember, um, like when that was going on in two thousand and three, I was a detective, and we're just a wash heroin, and uh, and it it would the conversation would come up be like, well, we're sitting in Afghanistan right now, why? Why aren't those poppy fields on fire? And, you know, people would get upset about that. And I remember at that time, but at the same time, if you think about it a second, that's like the entire GDP of Afghanistan. So uh, we already go there chasing one enemy. And it's really I would I didn't want to be you think about it. I would hate to have been the guy who had to make that call, you know, because you've got people at home saying we are seriously the streets are running with with heroin And but you've got dudes sitting over there looking at poppy fields right now, and there's not a flamethrower going at them. You know the balance of destroying an entire national GDP versus, and then on top of that, going after Al Qaeda. It's that would have been a hard one to explain. And I can't, I I can imagine some of the some of the the uh, conversations that went around strategically about what they do about that. Because I remember there was some there was some resentment from because they'd see these pictures of soldiers in a poppy field and stuff like that. And I remember the conversations and that's not an easy call. That's, that's something I don't think anybody probably could have seen coming.
1: Exactly. And, um, you know, it's funny because what did, what did, what got rolled out early on was very Vietnam-like, you know, and, um, maybe, maybe the agency wasn't flying products around so much <laughs> yeah. Air America wasn't flying the product Air around for them, but, uh, um, yeah, the the idea that, I mean, what are you going to give them as an alternative, right? Yeah. You know, it's like like in Colombia. Oh, let them grow oranges and you get one crop a year, and you know, make thousands and thousands of dollars less things like that. And so that's 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 part of the the dichotomy. The issue with our policy has been, yeah, we want to we want to interdict, we want to slow it down. Even though we tend not to, we tend to by and large ignore the demand side here in the States, right? We sure do. Yeah. The, the Sinaloa cartel is as big as it is because of the demand, the demand signal they get from the United States. That's why actually they're doing a whole lot less right marijuana now. And, and fentanyl is, you know, of course, a big thing, uh, big, huge thing here in, in problem in Denver and stuff like that. So Colorado in general. Probably everywhere else, too. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's it's just this dichotomy. It's it's just a hard place to live in. There's a lot of good people doing good work. And, uh, you know, you and I have both seen results from our work. But in the scheme of things, you know, drops in the bucket. It pe- Most people don't realize the, how big the profit is that they can. I mean, look at how much the Navy and the Coast Guard take out of the Gulf millions of dollars hundreds of million dollars of product and it's like yeah okay yeah, <laughs> we just it's a it write-off <laughs> yeah it's 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 a rounding error kind of idea Kind exactly of, you know, we look at the numbers yep. and oh go, god this is our biggest bus step ever good yeah. for you guys you know we still got like a hundred different ways we're bringing it in and in, in different size packages on the back of migrants, whatever, you know? So.
0: Yep. And, uh, and, you know, people will be quick to judge those migrants or those opium farmers or those coca farmers. And it's like, you grew up here. Like I, it's a little hard to fathom. Uh, it's not a decision for those people. They're just like, I need to feed myself and my family. It's I'm going to, I'm going to make money, you know? And it's like you said, our, uh, our tastes have not changed. You know, our, our, our demand only grows. And um, yeah, we're all about throwing money to the interdiction efforts, but there's, there's, there's barely even ever been serious talk about, uh, you know, intervention at home or intervention in a in a health way and, and just attacking, you know, why do people feel like they need to get high all the time to survive, you know, right and, um, and even the fentanyl thing. I mean, yeah, China probably um, maybe has some nefarious reasoning for creating it all and sending it to Mexico of all places, but uh, the reason that fentanyl became a thing is because heroin wasn't quite cutting it anymore and they needed to, you know, get a faster dragon to chase. Right. So it's a, I'll
1: give away my next book, man.
0: Oh, crap. <laughs> I didn't even know. All right. for <laughs> No, no. Did you see in the
1: paper uh, uh, associated press put out a thing? i I put it up on, on Twitter where the Sinaloa cartel put up in theory, some banners saying, Hey, we're giving up and on fentanyl and stuff like that. And I'm like, Oh, you guys, come on. <laughs> That's, Come on, that, talk about disinformation. <laughs>
0: well, what is that? Uh what is that like negging? Like we say, uh, you know, we're we're gonna um we say, oh yeah, it's going away, and then everybody's flocking to the door. Let me get mine first <laughs> before it go, it's like it's like when a when a set of Jordans goes out of goes out of uh manufacture, right? Oh
1: yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, 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 exactly. That'll exactly. that'll keep them
0: coming. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um but, uh, yeah, and
0: it's it's just uh, yeah,
1: and, and it's, this um, is the the and you've seen this, John. This is the the this is one of the more interesting things about genres you write in is it's, I mean, like the old uh, law and order thing ripped from the headlines every day. You can write about a subject, right? People who write true crime have things every day. Yeah. Police procedurals, thrillers, right? I'm um, uh, Even, you know, grainy Taylor, Thor, they don't have to look far for material. Mm-hmm. They, they have to figure out how to keep it engaging. But. The materials all around us, and so um that's a that's i don't know if I give thanks for that in a way <laughs> yeah. um you know i I've uh started a different series with a female protagonist where I don't have to you know it's not drug counter drug related but um there are prob- uh, lots of other issues around the world like proliferation still of nuclear materials weapons of mass destruction things like that um you know when when russia invaded ukraine first thing i thought of is after they they dug in right the russian army oh, dug yeah. in around chernobyl i'm like number <laughs> one you're crazy <laughs> yeah. i hope you don't glow too bad when you get home but uh that idea that man it'd be so easy to take fissile material out of there and zapo Zafifora, right zapo has got five reactors
0: yeah and, and uh, you know and it's- the corruption surrounding that system, in and of itself, like uh, like you know, the the all the big news they made when their you know their their wagon train to Ukraine stalls because all of their gas is gone because it's been siphoned off by fraud for the decades running up to this. They didn't keep up any of the mechanics on their on their vehicles, so when they actually go into motion, that systematic corruption is there for the entire world to see because their vehicles simply can't function. Because everybody's getting a piece of their own just because of that system. So you apply that, you know, to some dude sitting at, I forget the name. I, I can't pronounce the name of that place. But yeah, how hard is it to throw some stuff in a container and just run out the wire every, you know, every couple of days and just sell it off? You know, it's, it's not like there's any lack exactly. of bad guys, you know.
1: No, exactly right. And um, so I'm lucky that there's, there's opportunity, storylines, opportunities all over um and um yeah fentanyl uh lance lance and the team will will take a hard look at fentanyl in an upcoming yeah. book it's you, you can't can't ignore it um yeah i'm originally from northern california and you know we had the triangle up there i'm from actually from humboldt county oh you're was, right there <laughs> bingo yeah. you know and uh yeah so um I don't know you. You know John Norris, the the mm-hmm. Gay Morden, and and all the stuff he was doing. I mean, as a kid, I walked up on several grow sites and things like that, hunting, and uh, just a couple of hippies under some visqueen, right? and yeah. <laughs> You know, a couple of scraggly looking plants that I remember. But uh, yeah, it's it's craziness, and and uh, plenty of stories. You know, hopefully, I can keep them interesting for folks to keep reading the Lance yeah. Fairwoof series. And by the way, I'm writing a prequel. Oh, nice. So Lance, Lance is a teenager in his early life. And uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's, that's going to be, that's going to be good. Cause I mean, we get to, we don't get to know him until he's already, you know, the seasoned expert. Um, but to see how that story develops is going to be, it's, it's, that will be fantastic. Especially with the, his, the, the cultural background you give him. And, uh, you know, his ties to the reservation and, his uh his yeah just that culture alone need, it's not explored enough you know it, it, there's so much there uh that very often goes um goes just un, unrecognized for whatever historic reasons we have in this country which are probably a little bit of guilt um i would imagine if we're smart um but uh well speaking of that i don't remember if i asked you last time but when you dive into that that crow history that crow culture um Researching that did you contact make contact with the uh with those cultural leaders, or did you ever you how how did you research that or do you have a background yourself
1: no i actually re, um you know number one, I was just looking for a different take not you know not another contractor, although I did make him a government contractor you know <laughs> and an army guy special forces all this so i didn't did do do that but um yeah the 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 folks there's a community college up in uh on at Crow Agency which is the the center of the uh, Crow reservation and they are just so happy to talk to you and stuff like that and getting up that way and seeing the land and of course it's you know going through Wyoming to the to the border with uh, Montana and stuff it's just it, 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 by the folks if you've never been out west to the Rockies and north up into that area into Idaho other things like that is such grandeur beauty uh yeah it's really cool but uh very lucky there's quite a bit online and then uh putting that into context is where the 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 uh professors and a couple other people i've talked to have helped me do that to keep it squared away uh there's a mistake i made in the somehow uh, there's a mistake that i found out later i made in shadow tear that um it's, it's not a big thing. It's the, the scene is good. The the description is good, but uh, um, so I'll probably end up going back. I may get a chance to do an audio book. Oh, uh, nice. An audio version of shadow tier uh, coming up this next year. So I'll be looking at doing, you know, a couple of those kinds of edits you find after you've left your product alone for, a, you know, six months to a year.
0: Yeah. Right. <laughs> Uh, sorry I had to I had to go flip a switch. My battery is running out. <laughs> oh I just disappeared on him for a second, everybody. I'm back. <laughs> I hoped you you uh yeah I just realized that my battery wasn't charging. I was like, oh, yeah, so I had to go flip a switch. <laughs> cool. um but yeah, that's um, you know, you mentioned that the where you are out west um I'm I'm an East Coaster, so it's you know, it's crowded all all up and down the ninety five corridor and the, I remember the first time I drove out to Idaho Falls. And just when that country opens up, you know you get to, you know, the ten-hour drive across cornfields in Nebraska, and then you start getting into that that the the hills and the wide open plains is like I never have to leave this continent again. Like this is, I could spend the rest of my life exploring this place. It was, just takes your breath away, you know. And yeah, it's something so, for so, somebody who grew up where I did in the crowded East Coast. It's a whole different ballgame.
1: Yeah. So having grown up in Northern California in the redwoods. The Army took me, uh, I went to basic in Monterey, then to Oklahoma, then to Georgia, then up to D.C. So I did spend a lot of time on that 95 corridor between Tampa and uh, uh, Fort Bragg and, and D.C. up and down. And then even, you know, consulting and doing things in New York and stuff like that. And so in 2017, I was like, okay, let's head west. Let's go home. And so I was headed to Lake Shasta where my brother and sister live. But it had a fire. The next year was the Paradise Fire, and I thought, eh, maybe I'll back up a little bit. And I, I found the Denver area, and uh, I was looking at living over near Red Rocks, that beautiful concert venue, Red mm-hmm. Rocks. And uh, then um, my wife showed up, and it's <laughs> it's like, whoa, <laughs> okay, wait a minute. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I'm happier here in Colorado. Of course, there were a couple fires here after that years after that and i thought it was me but there's no fire big fires lately so i think it i think it's over it's not steve stratton's fault so (laughs) that's uh,
0: that's uh you know we moved to georgia in 2013 mm -hmm. and we've got that you know how georgia curves in a little bit so historically hurricanes make that bend and go north to like wilmington or charleston i moved here in 2013 and we've had four different swipes of hurricanes since i got here and it's like and everybody's like, it's you know they didn't show up until you did. Just, it's <laughs> like, I was like it's not my fault, I don't think.
1: <laughs> One of my favorite places, and I had that in, in Shadow Tier, is the corner of North Carolina, Georgia, and South Carolina up there. That Sapphire yeah. Valley up where they filmed Last of the Mohicans. You've got mm-hmm. the Chattooga River, the Deliverance River, and white water rafting. It's yeah, it's beautiful up there for for yeah. East Coast. Beautiful, rugged, free, yeah you know lots of good yeah that's uh
0: that's my landing zone hopefully after retirement comes is uh when i was when we were in charleston we'd go up past uh greenville up to pinkney and and uh and all those areas like uh the uh the mountains up through there and just now we go up to blue ridge or uh or or, uh uh forget the other little towns up there but yeah that feels like home that feels like the adirondacks back up there so that's when i need to Uh, escape the beach i'm i'm hitting the mountains um (laughs) but speaking of back home you did uh you did hit up. Uh, a, a, the, I'm reading along, and you guys go hang out at a, at a casino in Messina, and I'm like, "Oh, that you nailed it!" I saw Charlie Daniels play there like two years before he died. I was like, "Nice!" That's, oh wow, that's my neighborhood right there. <laughs> yeah, but um, but yeah, I was like, "That's that's awesome." There were a couple points in um, in uh, in Shadow Sanction, and I don't want to give anything away, but you know the three plots. Uh, wrap up on their respective missions they they come back and you know they're battling a cartel from Afghanistan to Montana and um you you make a point where wolf uh you know they're they're everybody's slapping each other in the back everybody's you know everything tied up the mission was successful and then he makes the comment that um you know we only probably succeeded in just pushing the problem someplace else right and uh, and when when he he says that I'm like well you you just nailed you know, the war on drugs right there. It's, it's like you said earlier, it's been whack-a-mole like uh, for ever since Reagan decided we needed a war on drugs, right. Is, you know, we hit them, we get, uh, we get something that that we're happy with and they're more than happy to either move on to the next block or just lay low until, until we leave and we always leave. And it's uh, it just, as I'm, as I'm reading that, I just remember that, um, you know, we'd be, you know, if we had an operation and we managed to make the streets quiet and cut off the supply for a day or two we we're just like oh man nailed them right and but that's the best you could ever hope for because you know it, you know a group of we had eight to ten people on a narcotics unit and then other units that that we'd work with um you know as hard as we can hit them you know we can hit them on the east side and shut down that neighborhood but on the west side they're just fine they just got to go over a couple bridges to score that night you know it's it's uh, that's a, and I, I imagine, I mean, you've got the international side. Does it feel the same way, or are you able to get closer to the source and just knock out a network?
1: Nah, knock out a network, no. Yeah, no. I mean, that's that's part of, you know, the part of the fact that they they learned early on networking and and a lot of the things that even the OSS came up with early in World War II, right? And the French Resistance with cells, and you don't know the other cells. For protection and things like that, there, you know, and now you've got encrypted communications, high, fairly highly encrypted communications on your cell phone and things like that. So, I mean, the cartels had so much money they 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 could buy, you know, serious radio systems from Israel or get Russian systems, other things like that. And now, just being on the cell network, you've got apps that do that kind of. Work for you, have encryption and things like that. Uh, you've got gaming, right? And and some of some of these games, especially some of the Chinese games, have super high encryption in the, in your chat-to-chat kind of capabilities and emailing internal to the game and stuff like that. And we know that bad guys use those channels. So it's it's uh, the networking and the way they've set themselves up. You you you're right. You could take out a node. That nodes goes away and it's almost like it's self-healing, right? It just comes back. You know, you were a little virus. They they took some antidote and now you're gone. You're you've moved on to some other issue, right? Yeah. Um uh, part of that, part of that idea for Lance, that came from the DC police chief. Remember Chief Ramsey? Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Chief Ramsey was focused on, I'm gonna make my city better. What do you do? He pushed a problem out into PG County, Montgomery County. Mm-hmm you know yep. and uh, he, he's like man my numbers are looking good and we're yeah. all like montgomery county going wait what <laughs> man,
0: we need a bigger jail
1: <laughs> that's it that's yeah. it so yeah. yeah i mean it's yeah uh whack whack-a-mole's right and once you've got that those transnational connections you know you can you could sever a connection you can take out a node but it's really hard to to like take down a network i mean It's it's more likely that, you know, we for example, you remember how Los Zetas got so big and so crazy and so powerful. And it was it was the cartels themselves that took each other out and battled and reduced the Zetas to what they are today. Not that they're still not better armed than most armies in, in most countries, but that kind of idea. So um yeah, it it is it is really tough and uh, I just go back to the demand signal, you know.
0: Yep. Yeah, the only way to cut cut off a fire is to take away the source. And I mean, it's as long as there's yeah. somebody that wants to get high, there's going to be somebody who figures out how to make them
1: that way. And and there's as long as somebody is is um uh, radicalized enough, there'll always be a next ISIS leader, for example, right? Whether we're tr- fighting them in Syria or elsewhere, t- taking the long trip get back into Afghanistan or Iraq or whatever, there's just gonna be somebody else. So yeah, there's somebody it's that just too much they, money. Yeah, there's
0: money involved and there's like you say, it's it's uh the most purest form of capitalism. It's if there's somebody who wants it, there's somebody who's gonna make sure they get it. And uh but yeah to to address that kind of har- self harm, I the government just doesn't I think that I think uh even if they did look at it, they they would probably be absolutely stumped as to where even to get started. I mean, if you look at like the Dare program, it's like mm. I remember the Dare program, and I remember sitting there being like, "Why should I listen to this adult?" <laughs> like when MTV's telling me the opposite, right? And those <laughs> guys are way cooler than than this dude. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <The> party <laughs> oh, on sorry. mentality. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, it's 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 uh I don't know. It's a uh, that's a tough one. I'm not going to be the one to solve it. I can tell you that. Um, but I did wonder. I mean, you know, there's a new push for whatever reason um and, and it's a I I support it but um you know what is it the uh uh Dan Crenshaw the congressman who wants to setting up task force to potentially use military to you know not just secure the southern border but to take on the cartels themselves and you know on uh, you know on the outside of you know the Mexican government just simply can't function outside the cartels anymore there's just so much rampant corruption and the simple fact, again, almost like the, uh, you know, the Afghanistan GDP was in, it was in poppy, the cartels control the economies of much of, you know, rural parts of Mexico that are, that are needed cooperation from, uh, have you been following that at all? Or, or what would be your take if, if we were to address it at a national level, what do you think, um, how do you think that looks shaped? How would, how would you think that would shape up?
1: Yeah, I, number one, the, 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 the cartels in Mexico are a much larger percent of the GDP than people think, because a lot of that money gets reinvested. It pays soldiers. It pays people who spend it in the economy. So there's billions of narco dollars. Let's call them in 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 the Mexican Mexican economy. Um, I- Eric Prince mm-hmm. uh, had some interesting thoughts on this um, about. Um, you know there's there's communication paths uh, you know to say you know st- stop doing this or fear for your life kind of idea uh i'm not about i'm not into <laughs> a mexican invasion they're our number one trading partner it's the place we want uh it's the place we want manufacturing to come back to you know yeah. from china you know things like that um so there's not you know, large scale military inve- intervention doesn't uh, work, but we've proven in the past. And this is some of where shadow tier comes from, that that select top tier units can go in and assist and help. Uh, um, there are there is a top tier of Mexican special forces reaction and um, they they operate well together and can with the right po- politicians on the other side because right we've got a we've got a mexican president who's about hugs not guns or something. Yeah. i forget what his right his 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 spiel was but um could start to reduce that and essentially you're not going to stop them from being in business but you could reduce the flow coming over the border aka push the problem somewhere else
0: yeah, it would it would push the problem someplace else. But if it you know, if they if those the people in charge had to, you know, sleep with one eye open every night, it might deter a little bit. But and it's and really it's the you know, the problem's always going to be here. But the like you mentioned with fentanyl, you know, that's that's a game changer for anybody. I mean, when a couple of couple of grains can render a grown adult inoperable, that's that's just that's. I, I don't understand how it hasn't been addressed yet when what is it 70,000 people OD a year on that stuff and it's Yeah and there's I mean there's, it's a bioweapon. I mean if somebody that, that is well it's a chemical weapon. I mean there's, there's no other way around it.
1: Several people have called it the poisoning of America, right? That mm-hmm. and as part of a long slow strategy from the Chinese what better way to take, you know, take advantage of of, of you know the demand from the United States but the um I think the the key is to um make them actually it, it sounds callous, make them look elsewhere oh uh, and or you know maybe drugs that don't kill people you know yeah, yeah. you know they, they're still making money not as much with marijuana uh you know, and of course meth and meth is prob meth has probably outgrown cocaine by this point it's so easy to manufacture right Um uh, yeah, but okay. uh uh yeah just i think a few well-placed like like the chapalitos you know el chapo's sons, so <laughs> yeah. you're the ones that in theory put up these banners it's like okay prove 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 what you're saying yeah, we can with talk an eye open yeah, yeah, we, yeah. Can,
0: we can talk or we can come get you in your sleep which, which, which that's would it. you like that's but yeah, yeah that's a that's a, i mean i support the anything they they can do to try and uh deter but like you said i mean especially with meth i remember first time i ran into meth i'm like you know wait you can go under your kitchen cabinet and take a couple of batteries and make your own it was like that's i mean that's that's pretty much game set match i mean because the taste is always going to be there and if somebody's you know ingenious I, feels like the wrong way to say it but creative enough to figure out how to do it that to poison himself slowly enough to have a good time doing it we're not stopping that that's it's just the way it is. And now that's corporatized. And the cartels have, you know, factories making that instead of a bunch of, you know, rednecks on a trailer someplace. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, that was that was my experience. The first time uh, I saw I didn't understand when they said, you know, they 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 just bring trailers out into the woods and, and start making this stuff up. And uh, we were doing a counter drug mission. And thank you, DEA, for paying for everything, by the way. Um uh, it was a it wasn't a counter drug mission, it was a training mission. And if we happened to see anything, we would report to the DEA folks. And it was Los Padres National Forest. I mean, you know, you're okay. you're up in the mountains and can darn near see the lights of LA, right? And you're yeah, you're we were uh staging out of um uh the Air Force base right there. I forget the name of it on the coast. Vandenberg. Vandenberg. Mm-hmm. And uh um yeah, big empty trailer big pucker factor <laughs> it's like if there's right. bikers here <laughs> they're gonna you know we got our m16s they're gonna have way more than we got you know yeah um but uh yeah that so so easy to make and that's that's you know what i part of what i wrote into the into sa- uh shadow sanction yeah. and uh uh that that story about the reservations it's just so easy to to make um there's reports even of People like coming from Michigan into the reservations to do that because it's a safe place to, to cook meth. Um, yep. If you yeah. if you can keep from blowing yourself up, so
0: yeah, keep from blowing yourself up or burning yourself up. And, and yeah, yeah. That I do notice that they always have a hard time, you know, following that rule is to don't don't do your own product. <laughs> but it also helps them stay up longer, so they can just make more. So it's uh, <sighs> oh man, it's, yeah. it's nasty. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's funny. It's just, uh, yeah, like I say, it's just pushing the problem someplace else and without figuring out the source problem, there's very little that's going to, that's going to change. So, but uh, I agree, but, uh, I've, I've had you for a while and I I don't want to, um, I don't want to keep it too long on a Tuesday night, but uh, I did want to talk, touch on, I noticed on your website, uh, you're, you're, uh, involved with, um, special operations warrior foundation. So I wanted to see if you could, um, uh, if you wanted to give a plug to that and, uh, and yeah. talk a little bit about it
1: yeah what i really like about the organization is right there they're helping the uh family members left behind um and in particular kids get into college and graduate from college and and move on with their life and so lots of scholarships and things like that uh on october 8th i'm going to be in charleston there'll be there's a there's a uh a um we would call it a night i think it's called uh, uh, authors thrills and chi- thrills and chills thrills and that chills, is sponsored yeah. by yeah by uh, Brad Taylor and his wife the D C O E and uh, so I'm going to be there to help support the community um, uh, a piece of every signed hardback that I sell um, I keep aside to give to the organization um, I'm lucky I have i my family has never <laughs> had to use the services of the organization. I'm still here, but uh I just really appreciate what they do. Um there's a lot of good organizations and what I like about them is a the high percentage of every dollar goes to the families and uh, gold star mothers and spouses, different things like that. And so it's it's yeah, a good organization.
0: They got the right focus. And um yeah, I don't know if uh if uh, there's still tickets available for that, that uh, night in Charleston thrills and chills in Charleston, but that's a, you can't think of a better place to do it. And from what, you know, I think you told me, uh, so, uh, Don and Taylor are going to do a panel and then, uh, yeah. So the, well, you guys are gonna... it,
1: it's, it's, uh, Taylor greenie, oh, greenie.
0: I got Bentley and greenie mixed up. So greenie <laughs> and Taylor, you guys are going to do a panel and then you're going on a ghost hunt or ghost tour
1: right yeah i guess something there's like gonna that. be a ghost tour at yeah, charleston yeah that's
0: it's and you know not to make it paranormal but charleston is the best place in the world to do a ghost tour on it's uh
1: yeah yeah uh, that would after... probably be a few stops in a pike logan bar or something there so yep <laughs>
0: yeah you gotta you gotta stop by tommy Condon's and hit up a few of those but um but no and uh and when you uh, just remember this but when you're rolling past the old city jail where they talk mm-hmm. about livonia fisher and all those all those uh people uh just picture me sitting in my cruiser about 20 years ago just chilling um just chilling right next to the old city jail that was my beat i used to i used to spend a, a lot of time just hanging out right around there so
1: that's interesting uh, they kept you close i bet you there's a story there
0: uh well no it was uh it was um yeah i i sat there because that's a cool building and it had some ghost stories attached to it so <laughs> it, it's nice. one of the fringe benefits of 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 being a cop is that um you know your job is to patrol so it's like oh that's that's a creepy place so i'm gonna go walk around it <laughs> as long as i can get through the gate i got i got a reason to be there so i'd nice. you know i find cool places like that old rundown buildings like yeah i'm curious i'm gonna go wander through there and like it's like creepy. like
1: finding pose pose the grave in baltimore and stuff like yeah, that. that. <laughs> that's right yeah be like i
0: heard something cool let's go check this out so yeah that's <laughs> that's awesome. that's a that's a that's the best you know a good fringe benefit of uh of running patrol the creepy places you get to explore <laughs> um but yeah awesome um uh, in the show notes everybody i will put a link to uh, uh the special operations warrior foundation so uh if you want to donate that'll be available in um that october 8th or the 18th
1: okay ah, you're right
0: 18th it... thank you okay i thought it was yeah. the 18th because i was going to try and go but uh, as a you know high flying flag football coach i have a game i got to coach on the 19th so i, I my 6 year old would be very upset with me if i ditched to go chase ghosts with you guys <laughs> but i will um, i will keep an eye out for the next one awesome um, but uh man i uh i really enjoyed shadow sanction and i can't wait until uh do you have a title for part 3 or
1: no eh, part not yet. Four, part 4 i do hades deception but uh, oh, I like part 3 I, yeah I, yeah. I I'll say that uh it do, does play take place in Cuba, so closer closer to Tampa, uh, but uh it's uh you know, it's it's interesting. Uh I still have a clearance, so I haven't gone to visit Cuba. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a hard yeah.
0: <laughs> That'll cause yeah. some questions.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. the next lie detector test will be banging banging the needle, but yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what's wrong with Cuba? You know, they got you know that's the one place is like, come on. They're like 90 miles away. It's gorgeous. It's like, can we just, out of everybody, can we just make friends with Cuba? Like, just, just because we need another spotly vacation.
1: <laughs> exactly. But, <laughs> but I'm so uh, done with Jamaica. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> um, but, Steve, I appreciate you coming back on. I uh, I really enjoyed Shadow Sanction, and I think everybody should go out and take a look. And um, for you writers in Hollywood that are, that hopefully you have a clause where you have to get creative and come up with original ideas. Reach out to Steve. Um, there's a there's at least a trilogy there. And I know that the executives at the studios really like trilogies. So, um, but Steve, until next time. Thanks a lot, man.
1: Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. All right.